from Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. The Lakers get the overtime win, take the staggering 3-1 to one series lead over Memphis. And I'm still not sure they're really all that good. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance. And this is where everybody says, oh, you're a Lakers hater. Uh, like, you say anything negative about the Lakers, and suddenly all the Kermit the Frogs come out. And they're like, oh, you're like uh, Speaking of people coming out, Harry, I'm just going to take us wildly off the rails. This is what happens in the 2 o'clock hour. Can I just tell you, my Menchies are just trash. Like, they are hot garbage. I might as well take a flame to all of it, because I said on first take that the Lakers wouldn't make it out of the first round of the playoffs. I also said that I bet multiple times, which is true, on the Bucks representing the East in the NBA Finals. They take a 3-1 series lead to Miami. Let me tell you, like, all three Heat fan came at, fans came at me <laughs> on social media. I haven't heard a damn thing from any Heat fan. Anyway, I said it on first take. I haven't heard a single thing. And then I open up Instagram today, I got, like, two comments. They're like, oh, where are you on the Bucks now? One person is like, oh, you are, you're not going to be able to afford anything much longer. You know what I do? Okay, I can afford to make, uh, I, I can afford to to make some bets. I'm just saying, three Heat, all three of the Heat fans came after me on that one. So, like, people are mad at me right now, Harry. Well, see, here's the only thing about the Heat fans that, that I wish they would do. I wish they would, you know, tweet and talk like this before the game and actually early in the game, not in the fourth quarter late when Jimmy Butler finally makes a dunk that puts them up. Then they want to start talking and making noise. Be like that the entire game. Fitz, one thing about me, if I'm going to talk trash, it's going to be when my team is great good and things are ugly and when they bad I'm not going to stop. Uh, look this is another I'm just what Evan's just mailing it in at the Evan's leaving the whole show we're taking this thing off the rails. Can I give you another pet peeve of fandom just 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 another random pet peeve. I Talk don't understand me. why fans when they have their single greatest moment, they get their big win, whatever it is. It's a big win over a team on Sunday. It's a big win in college football on Saturday. It's a Super Bowl win. Instead of celebrating with other fans, like, my team sucks. So if the Raiders win something big, I'm going to spend my time celebrating with other Raiders fans. I don't know why so many people, uh, that their version of celebrating is to find whoever said they wouldn't win, and then all of a sudden go out there and be like, oh, you're so stupid! Like, <laughs> I just don't understand any of that. Like, what is the point? Why do you live in a world where finally you get a win like if Evan gets to watch the Jets win the Super Bowl I would think that the first thing he would want to do is celebrate with other heartbroken I can't believe we ever got here Jets fans instead of you know finding some dweeb that sat there and picked the other team in the Super Bowl to trash talk I don't get this at all Evan we need you respond Evan so I won't say it by name, but there is one Packers like blogger <laughs> that I am going to definitely be in his mentions when the Jets win the Super Bowl. Like I, I yes, like I will be celebrating with Jets fans, but it's a little different because they made this trade with the Packers to get Rodgers, and this guy has been hating on the Jets. He is like the biggest Jets hater now than he is a Packers fan. Not going to say him by name, but I will be all up in his mentions. I will mention him by name if the Jets win the Super Bowl. I mean, listen. I, I just had a feeling. I just had a feeling that you were going to 
Let's say that. Well, like, and, and y'all can explain this to me, Triple H, say ESPN. I'm t- just taking the whole show over at this point. Uh, Devin, I'll throw your favorite team under the bus, too. If you ever want to just read on social media some fun, look at Graziano's mentions on a Monday. If he didn't pick the Giants on Sunday, I mean, just people going after Graz, like, at, at just an alarming clip. And I'm like, okay, if you don't like his hair, you don't need to tell him on Monday just because he didn't pick the Giants on Sunday. What's everybody's problem? So Graziano famously was a Giants. He was the NFL Nation Giants reporter. He covered the Giants for a long time. And he had the reputation. I don't agree with that. I think Graz is great. He had a reputation of always finding the negative thing to say about the Giants and highlighting them. So I think that's what part of the reason. Which is another part of my fandom issue. Like, I deal with this with Raiders fans all the time. When you're like, oh, man, the reporters are just so negative. When your team has sucked for a generation, honest reporters should be negative because your team sucks because they suck at what they do. Let reporters be honest about it. Don't yell at a reporter for just pointing out the fact that your team's not going to be any better this year than they were last year because that's what happens. Most Raiders fans do this too. I'm telling you, I don't get it. Up. You're getting I don't get there, it. buddy. Like, like it just, just I don't understand this whole logic. Like, I can't imagine if I cooked it, you know, a beautiful meal. Like, I, I cooked it, you know, I'm, I'm having the. the I couldn't team. imagine that either. Oh man, I'm a heck of a chef. This is hilarious. I, I like a this. heck of a chef. I'm having a team dinner. Let's say we're we're all coming over to you know Casa de Fitz for 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 dinner, right? And we're all gonna eat, right? And uh, you know, let's say Evan doubts my uses of spice, right? So all of a sudden he thinks it's not gonna be properly seasoned. I present a glorious <laughs> meal. Everybody's like, this is delicious. I can't imagine then taking that plate, throwing it in Evan's face and being like, yeah, up yours, buddy. You didn't think I could cook. How do you like me now? Like, who lives that way? What are we doing? I, okay. No, I agree with you, but that, it, the, the crazy part about it is that's how our, that's how our world works. I mean, Sadly, <laughs> that's how it works, honestly. And, and look, I, I can take it. We, we, we live in a world that like thrives off negativity, though. I, I will remind the entire world, I grew up a fat kid that played the violin. There is nothing that can be said to me on social media than is worse what sixth grade girls said to me, right? Like, I, I, I've been called every name in the oh, book in my, my life. Gosh. So Instagram, bring it on. <laughs> he, all three of you Heat fans, keep bringing it on. When when your team drops this series, bring it, and guess what? If the Lakers somehow win this series, you know what I'm going to remind the Laker Nation about? I'm going to remind Laker Nation that they don't hang banners for first round wins. So get off Fitz. your high horse for a one Fitz. round win and stop bugging me. Yeah. I got to tell on Devin. Devin got in my ear and he said, oh, I love the violin. Oh, wow. <laughs> trying to make fun of you. I'm Devin just, Devin just did that in my ear. He just did that in my ear. But I'm interested now because now you open up a can of worms. What are some of the things that these uh, young girls said to you in sixth grade? Oh, man. Do you know the nicest thing anybody wrote in my sixth grade yearbook was go home because I had moved across country. That was the nicest thing anybody ever said. My, look, oh, I'm my fine goodness. with it. I'm fine with it. Therapy helped. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And by the way, Devin peaked playing middle school AAU basketball that none of us have ever seen highlights from. We're not high sure school, if it's real. Uh, I, I I can neither confirm nor deny. Oh, high school. He says yeah, he made it. Devin, right. you, play, you, you play AAU basketball, Devin? Of course I did. You DeMar did? DeRozan once famously dunked on me. Okay. All right. See, when, when those are your highlights, we got we to gotta switch gears now. But, I mean, in fairness, where Devin's from, maybe they're going to name a gym after him. I don't know. Like... What, 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 the Kane Brothers Gymnasium, yeah. Oh my God, <laughs> this is. Every, mean, everybody can't. isn't. Everybody isn't able. Everybody isn't able. <laughs> everybody wants to be a star. Remember that on Martin, the Martin episode. Everybody wants to be a star. Mm-hmm. Now hey, you're coming up here Thursday, Harry. We'll go to a park. I'll show you some things, but. Wow. Devin, I'm gonna beat. I'm gonna beat your ball to the beatbox. 
Like, and uh, Harry's going to still be wearing the draft suit, and he's going to take Devin out on the court and just embarrass him with the with the draft suit on. That's what I. Oh, oh, Devin giving me the look like you can't. Harry, you can't see this because we're not on TV right now. But Devin is just giving me the giving Harry the Douglas guy. will not dominate me on the court look. I'm just letting you I'm know set it up. your entire athleticism has been up. challenged let's by Devin Kane. I, let's Devin won't score. A, da- he won't score a damn point. All right, let's set it up. I say you guys play to 11, and you give Devin an eight-point lead. I'm just instigating here. That's all I'm doing. Uh, Heat fan can keep <laughs> Heat fans can keep coming after me. Laker Nation can keep coming after. It's not over yet. That's all. I'm I saying. didn't call. I didn't call out Amber Wilson yet. You know, that's my girl. But you know, she hit me with the well. You know, I don't hear anybody saying anything about the Heat fans now. Well, it's the fourth quarter, and they just scored a bucket to go up. It's a very convenient time to send me a tweet. Very convenient. <laughs> Especially when she could have texted you. Like Amber, by the way, yeah. check out Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio from 7 to 9 p.m. doing God's work. Uh, she totally could have just texted you and been like, how you feeling, Harry? She could have done that to you. <laughs> yeah. All right. She took the other road. Uh, we were supposed to talk about Tried why. Tried to embarrass like, me in front of my Twitter friends. Realistically, I was supposed to tell you why I think the, the Grizzlies are blowing this series as much as the Lakers are winning the series, but now I don't care. You don't deserve that from me. You don't deserve that level of respect. None of you do. <laughs> None of you, you know who I think I am. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, like I said earlier, it's Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio right now. Okay. I think it's I think it's more so what those girls said to you in middle school Go that on. has you worked up right now. Hey, you know what? You know what? Well, I just remind you they they said that to me, but I was already at Juilliard. I'd already played Carnegie Hall. Psh, I knew I didn't need those you don't six like grade my girls in my fiddle? Wow. Wow, your mom likes my fiddle. What in the world is it? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> okay. what? Excuse me. Now, what? now we're Excuse deep me. in the two o'clock what? hour, baby. Excuse me. <laughs> this is a two o'clock hour for you, you ladies and gentlemen. Right <laughs> oh, you know what? We're going to figure out the Jets' long term plan at quarterback. Joe Douglas will tell you what it is, and I'll tell you why he's out of his mind next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. <laughs> Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Rodgers is going to the New York Jets. It's official, finally. And here are the details. The Jets, Aaron Rodgers, pick number 15, a 2023 fifth-round pick. The Packers get pick number 13, a 2023 second-round pick, a sixth-round pick, a conditional 2024 second-round pick that becomes a one if Rodgers plays 65% of the plays this year. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. People already in my mentions again about the Lakers. This is wild, Harry. It's wild. All right, let's get to the Jets. The Jets have traded for Aaron Rodgers. Huge blockbuster trade. Now, you and I could disagree on where Aaron Rodgers falls in the AFC, but one thing I think we agree on is that there has to be some conversation about what it means for the Jets long term. Joe Douglas, Jets GM, uh, just spoke to the media a little bit ago, and in the process he was asked about Rodgers and particularly his want to mentor Zach Wilson. This is what Joe Douglas said. 
I feel like this is going to be a, a great thing, a great thing for, for Zach. And, you know, I've spoke to you guys at the Combine, and Zach's ceiling is unlimited. No one works harder, no one loves ball more than Zach Wilson. Him having the opportunity to really shadow and, and be be with a, a first bout Hall of Fame quarterback every day, uh, every hour he's in the building, that's a, that's a great opportunity and a, and a great experience. All right, Harry, are you buying this uh, this concept of Aaron Rodgers kumbaya mentoring Zach Wilson? Well, I, I think I think I do because when you look at a guy like Zach Wilson who looks up to Aaron, a guy like Aaron Rodgers and was public about it, and then these teams were able to have a joint practice last year, and we seen you know Aaron Rodgers and Zach Wilson chatting it up a little bit, but also I look at how young guys from the quarterback position can benefit from having a Hall of Fame. Pro Bowl type quarterback, MVP um, caliber quarterback at that position to learn from. And Zach Wilson, you know, he came in, got drafted, thrown to the fire, didn't live up to his capabilities of the hype, being the second overall draft pick. So now he has a chance to learn behind Aaron Rodgers. And two of the, I say, the greatest throwers of the football that we have in our game right now in Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. And, not, and I'm not saying Zach Wilson is going to be any one of those guys, but those two guys benefited from having solid people in front of them. Even though Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre, the relationship wasn't there, you still benefit from having a guy like that around. And you look at Patrick Mahomes, he was able to have Alex Smith and learn so much from having that veteran in his presence, in the locker room, in the quarterback room with him. So I think this is a great opportunity for Zach Wilson to learn as much as possible um, under Aaron Rodgers for whatever duration of time that A-Rod is in New York and try to revive his career once Aaron Rodgers is done. So I would agree with you if we were talking about Anthony Richardson going into this draft. Hey, you want to be mentored by somebody that you need. I've been saying repeatedly to different affiliates I talk to, I think Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, guys like that, need an Alex Smith. I totally agree with you. My problem is I just never believed in Zach Wilson coming out of the draft. And what's interesting, if you go back and look at his three years at BYU, his first year he had 12 touchdowns, three picks. His second year he had 11 uh, 11 touchdowns, nine picks. Not a great year for him. His completion percentage went down drastically. In his junior year, a COVID year where they were scheduling games with basically no notice, three, four days notice, was the year he threw up 33 touchdowns and three picks. And he completed 73% of his passes. That's almost... 8% more than any other year in his college career. And at the time, on Spain and Fitz on radio, I interviewed him and I asked him, man, like, what clicked this year? And his answer was like, "Uh, I I don't really know. Like, It just seemed like things went easier this year. I I just always felt like there was this moment where he was in a bubble of COVID and he was able to play for teams that didn't necessarily game plan him in a way that made him look better than he was. I I don't think Zach Wilson is good. And that's just at its core, like, I think this year's quarterback class was put up against Zach Wilson Wilson, I would I would take Zach in the sixth round. Uh, that that's where he falls to me. So while I hear you that having a veteran around you helps, you got to be good to start with. Like if he was a a borderline talent, and it's like oh we just need that. I just think that Zach Wilson, not his fault, he was overdrafted by the Jets. I think the Jets just wildly missed on this draft pick. Well, I'll say this: when when you look at the quarterback position, right, and you look at Zach Wilson, let's just say his first two years and. You had the nine intercept, nine touchdowns to 11 interceptions in 2021. You have the six touchdowns and seven interceptions in 2022. I think it's more so learning the, the, I won't say nuances of the game, but 
how to understand how to quarterback in the National Football League. A guy in Aaron Rodgers who his entire career has really taken care of the football, that's one of the things that, you know, Zach Wilson can learn a lot from, a person that he can learn a lot from. Taking the checkdowns when the checkdowns are there. Uh, deciphering coverages and understanding where the ball probably needs to go. Also, understanding that you don't have to be a hero all the time. Those are things that Aaron Rodgers can actually teach him because Aaron Rodgers have done those things so well. Right. Because up until this point, Zach Wilson hasn't done those things well. So why not learn from a guy who is damn good at taking care of the football, understand that you don't have to be a hero with every throw. And it's OK to take your check downs. Never get tired of putting money in the bank and making deposits, yeah, which I don't. You know, A.J. McCarron was the one last fall that kept telling me, take what the defense gives you. Eventually, they'll give you the game. Right. Like that. I get that coaching principle. I, I just need to have seen it somewhere in his career and the only time we saw from Zach Wilson was in the weird COVID year and I just don't know what to make of that you know like they're there I always say it's better to be lucky than good I feel like he got lucky in a year that that mattered a lot for how he was being sort of viewed and in a COVID draft that made it difficult like I, I think there are enough people to look at and say I understand why the Jets did what they did even though I think it was a reach and it was the wrong choice I understand Zach Wilson can help for, be helped by mentorship I just question whether the actual core ability is there for somebody. You know, I feel like it's it's it, you you as a former ten year wide receiver can teach somebody all the ins and outs of playing wide receiver. But at some level, they have to have the gift, they have to have the talent, they have to have the work ethic, they have to have all of these little things put together. And somebody that was meh in college just because they got drafted high doesn't mean that suddenly they have well, those I'll, other. Well, I'll tell you this: you don't have to be the best athlete. No, no, no. Right, but you do have to understand the ins and outs of the game, right? I've been around a lot of players who weren't the fastest, could jump the highest, but they were the smartest. They did have the work ethic, and they were able to have success on the football field. I, my, my, one of my first mentors in the league, Brian Finneran. Brian Finneran is 6'6", about 215 pounds. Finn wasn't the, you know, the, the, the tallest. I mean, I won't say the, the fastest or the most athletic, but – you can count on him. He played every special teams. He had the leadership quality, and he you knew where he was going to be. He wasn't going to have mental errors. So if you if you're able to, you know, grasp that con those concepts down at the quarterback position, you don't have to be the most athletic. You can elude pressure, but you just can't you know hand the team the football and try to be a hero every time you're dropping back to pass it. I don't disagree with that, but look at this year's quarterback class. Like Names like Stetson Bennett won a bunch of national championships, obviously, with Georgia projected right now on one mock in front of me to be a sixth-round draft pick. Max Duggan had a great run at TCU, projected to be a sixth- or seventh-round draft pick. Malik Cunningham, somebody you know well, obviously, coming out of Louisville, right? Yep. Uh, projected not to get drafted. Does it mean that uh, all of them are just doomed and they won't be successful? No. no. Uh, but it, but would I bank my franchise on Clayton Toon out of Houston if he had two years to sit behind Aaron Rodgers? No. Uh, unfortunately for Zach Wilson, because of the two next to his name, the two is in where the Jets select him, we see that level of pressure. I just think talent-wise, he's a hell of a lot closer to Clayton Toon than he is to Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, Hendon Hooker, if that makes sense. Well, I just I'm not going to give up on him. Um, he has an opportunity to come back and be the Jets quarterback and show us all what he's learned in this process. And I think it's sometimes, you know, we face adversity, and I want to see how players are going to come back from it. This is his adversity moment, right? He lost his starting job. Aaron Rodgers is not a quarterback. He's not going to be the starter. Now, how are you going to fight back from it? How are you going to face it? You can have two options. Either you can fold 
or you can make the best of the opportunity. No, and that you're a thousand percent right about too. Like, I mean, this could be a rebirth for Zach Wilson. He definitely, if he has the ability, this is the best chance he'll get to show that ability, right? Like, I yeah. just, I personally wouldn't bank on it. And the organization will know better than any of us because they'll see him every day in practices. They'll see exactly what he's capable. You'll see what's up next for us. Our mock draft continues. We'll tell you how a number one pick is on the clock with the 21st pick. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. NFL Draft. Live from Kansas City's historic Union Station. It all begins with round one. The Carolina Panthers are on the clock. Thursday at 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN, and on ABC. You can also listen on the ESPN app and on Sirius XM Channel 80. The single greatest mock draft in the history of mock drafts continues. It's the Fitz and Harry mock draft. Reminder, you can hear Harry Douglas, myself, Harry Lyles, Spencer Hall, Field Yates, Andrew Hawkins. Oh, you can watch us on the digital live stream of the draft as well as listen to every pick on ESPN Radio. So pull it up in the app, pull it up on your phones, pull it up in your cars, pull it up on the radio. You will get all of the draft coverage you could possibly want. So you know the model on ours. We have celebrities and smart people making all of the picks. There are no trades, and we are all the way to pick number 21. Time for the chimes. The Los Angeles Chargers are on the clock. Here's Keyshawn J. Will and Max's former number one overall pick. Keyshawn Johnson with the pick. With the 21st pick in the 2023 Fitz and Harry mock draft, the Los Angeles Chargers select Jordan Addison, wide receiver, USC. Mel Kuyper Jr., player profile. What NFL teams love about Jordan Addison is he did it at a high level at both Pitt with Kenny Pickett in 2021 when he had 100 catches for a 16-yard average and 18 touchdowns. And then this past year at USC with Caleb Williams, 59 catches, 15-yard average, and eight touchdowns. Lanky but fast with Velcro hands. I think he plays a lot faster than that 4-5. He timed excellent pace to his routes, dangerous after the catch. In terms of polish and being NFL ready, he really is the number one receiver in this draft in that area. Jordan Addison is an explosive wide receiver from USC. 5'10", about 170 pounds, soaking wet. But one thing he can do is pick him up and put him down with the best of them. Catches the football fairly well. Not a body snatcher, a precise route running guy. Won the Belitnikoff in 2021 at Pitt. So when you look at him, I think his upside is great. When you pair him with Williams and Keenan Allen, you certainly got a guy who can stretch the field and explosive Long-tenured Justin Herbert will have a target for the remainder of his career in Jordan Addison. All right, Harry, wide receiver one for this show. What do you think of this wide receiver? Yeah, I really like him a lot. You talk about a guy that can play inside in the slot, but also move outside, outside those numbers. Can beat you at all three levels, Fitz. Short, intermediate, deep. He's a route runner, sharp cut type of guy. Explosive, has good hands. You heard Keyshawn Johnson just mention he won the Blitnikoff Award. Um, in 2021 with the Pitt Panthers. So I really like this pick. Also, you got Justin Herbert, another target to go along with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. One thing I love about this pick is that he learned a bunch of different offensive systems. A lot of people forget his first two years he was at Pitt. Obviously, Kenny Pickett throwing him the ball there, but he had lots of different coaches there. He moves to USC, has to quickly pick up Lincoln Riley's offense, and does it pretty effectively when you start thinking about it over the course of the year last year. So uh, I I think a, a great pick in some 
somebody that can pick up NFL offenses quickly. All right, that's pick number 21, which means it is time for the chimes again. With the 22nd pick, the Baltimore Ravens are now on the clock. And whenever that happens, we always, uh, the bat phone takes us to the best name in all of ESPN NFL Nation. Ravens reporter Jamison Hensley with the pick. With the 22nd pick in the 2023 Fitz and Harry mock draft, the Baltimore Ravens select Joey Porter Jr., cornerback, Penn State. Mel Kuyper Jr., player profile. Highly competitive press corner. Long arms are a huge asset for him in coverage. Excellent game-to-game consistency in press. You have to work on in transition. Press is where he really excels. Transitioning and off coverage is a bit of an issue. Only had one career interception, but did not allow a pass receiving touchdown this season. Not grabby this year. Really improved on that aspect of his game. And at 6'2 and a half, 193, with long arms and that 4'4-6 speed he showed at the combine in conjunction with a really good year at Penn State and the improvement he made, not getting the penalty. He's not being grabby, not being handsy. That's why he soared up draft boards. The Ravens' biggest need is at cornerback after not re-signing Marcus Peters. So this is an ideal situation to have the draft's third best corner fall to them here. This also provides an interesting storyline because Porter's father, Joey Porter Sr., was one of the Ravens' biggest rivals when he was with the Steelers. When I asked Ravens coach John Harbaugh about Joey Porter Jr., he said, this dude knows how to play. He's the Joey Porter Sr. version in DB form. Harry, I know you love family legacy on these picks. What do you think, bud? There's nothing better to me than the second generation of kids playing a professional sport. In this instance, it's the National Football League. We all know what his, father's, his father means. His father's down there right now coaching in the XFL for the San Antonio Brahmas. But you're talking about that, the compete standpoint, right? He competes at the catch point. He's physical. I love his range as a corner. Not many guys that are 6'3", 195 pounds, can play that position and have the hips. Uh, so his, his length is really going to bother guys at the next level. But I think his physicality and being able to compete like his father did for the Pittsburgh Steelers is what stands out the most to me. Also, Love this pick, too, for the Ravens. Also, by the way, a guy that played a bunch of uh, special teams uh, at a high, high level yep. in college, too. So, I uh, love that aspect of him. Uh, I do see a lot of profiles say boomer bust because of some things in his technique, but if there's any team that knows how to get the best out of a player like that, it's Baltimore. All right, let's get another one here. Again, it is time for the Chimes. <laughs> The Minnesota Vikings are on the clock, and that means Phil Mackey from Score North and Purple Daily gives us the pick. With the 23rd pick in the 2023 Fitz and Harry mock draft, the Minnesota Vikings select Quentin Johnston, wide receiver from TCU. Mel Kuyper Jr., player profile. Imposing size, great length, hard-nosed competitor, runs fierce after the catch. What I don't like, though, he's comfortable body catching. Now, you get away with that in college with the big windows. You can't in the NFL. He has to snatch that ball more, take advantage of that size, and that pterodactyl length that Todd McShay has talked about through the last three to four months. Quentin Johnson, I think for the big receiver who should get better once he learns not to body catch as much, could be one heck of a player. A number two or a Robin to Justin Jefferson's Batman and maybe elevates the Vikings offense from fringe top 10 to closer to top five if all things click. Quentin Johnston to the Vikings. Harry, what do you think? 
Good pick. You know, they lost Adam Thielen this uh, this offseason. So you add Quentin Johnston to Justin Jefferson, also K.J. Osborne, who I thought stepped up tremendously last season. But a guy who has the size and the length but can also take, you know, a five or six yard shallow the distance. We've seen that in the game against Michigan in the semifinals in college football uh, playoffs this, this past season. Also, I think he can become a better hands catcher, like Mel pointed out. But here's a guy who's about 6'4", 6'5", that can sink his hips at the top of routes and get in and out of cuts. We talked to him, had him on the show. He says he's going to be doing a lot more yoga. So that should be, you know, be a strength towards this game and help him out a lot. So I like this pick for Minnesota, especially because they got rid of their number two wide receiver in Adam Thielen. Here's the thing, Harry. I agree with everything you said about Quentin Johnston and why I like the wide receiver, Quentin Johnston. I hate this pick for the Vikings right here. And I hate this pick for one very simple reason. I'm looking at the board, and Hendon Hooker is still sitting there. You're the Vikings. You are constantly oh, in this Kirk Cousins conversation. Yep. I am stunned. And look, I, I, like Phil Mackey knows the Vikings better than anybody. I am stunned that Phil wouldn't look at this as an opportunity to address the quarterback position perfectly because we all know Kirk Cousins isn't going anywhere, anywhere right now. You can get another year out of Kirk Cousins while Hendon Hooker is easily brought along. And as we were talking earlier about guys that could learn from guys, there's a lot that Hendon Hooker could just learn while he sits and gets himself healthy, and then the Vikings have their next quarterback. I, I, I will be If we're sitting here on Thursday, Thursday night, and they take a wide receiver when Hendon Hooker is sitting there on the board. I don't know what they're thinking, Harry. Well, I, I will say this: I don't know what you know the previous teams were thinking either, because Hendon Hooker should still not be on the board at this point. All right, well, right there, there's some quarterback needy teams that sh- probably should have took Hendon Hooker beforehand. I, I don't disagree with that uh, at all. Let's get one more in. It's time. Uh, hold on, hold on. Uh, we're gonna audible here. We taking one, one more. We're getting one more picking. All right, uh, time for the chimes. One more time. The Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock, and that means my buddy Brent Martineau from CBS 47, Fox 30, and ESPN 690 AM in Jacksonville has got the pick. With the 24th pick in the 2023 Fitz and Harry mock draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Lucas Van Ness, defensive lineman, Iowa. Mel Kuyper Jr., player profile. When I look at Van Ness's best football is ahead. He's developing into one heck of a player. 6'5", 272 with long arms, huge hands. Ran 4'5", 8 at the combine. 1'6", 10-yard time. Shows how quick he is out of the blocks. And he's scheme versatile, relentless, disruptive. And like I said, he's just touched the surface of what kind of player he can ultimately become. Oh, we don't see GM Trent Baalke smile or get excited too often. But if Van Ness was still there at 24, he might be giddy in that Jaguars war room. A bulky kind of pick. Big guy with length. It's an odd thing to say in Jacksonville these days, but they don't have a lot of holes. They do need to be better at pass rush and build their depth on the roster. Van Ness would check both boxes. He didn't start at Iowa, so he knows how to produce with less snaps out of a rotational role. Van Ness has position versatility and could make an instant impact for the Jaguars' defense. Add Van Ness to a room that includes Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker, and the Jags' defense could be fun in the fall. Harry, what do you think? I love this pass rusher. What do you think? Oh, yes, especially when you add him to Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker and what they've been able to do. Wasn't a full-time starter at Iowa, but I don't think that's going to bother a lot of teams. You talk about a freak of nature. The man has abs. He has abs, Fitz. Can, Can you understand? He has abs. He plays a DM position. 
Enough, enough needs to be said. But I think a guy that could really help the Jacksonville Jaguars, I like the length of his arms, but I want to see him get more snaps and can he sustain a high level of play because he wasn't a starter. Position versatility, huge here. He played a lot inside also in the at Iowa. Means uh, a lot. He is a guy that plug and play you can put anywhere, kind of like they do sometimes with interior offensive linemen. Where's their real home? He can take two years and find his real home. He's also only 22. He's got plenty of time to figure that out. Fitz and Harry presented by Progressive insurance get a business insurance quote online in as little as six minutes visit progressivecommercial.com don't worry we will get you every single pick of our mock draft before the draft starts on thursday coming up the one team that could benefit the most from an early bucks exit boom 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 we'll tell you about it next fitz and harry on espn radio and the espn app fitz and harry the podcast From the varsity to Lemon Pepper Wings. Lemon Pepper what? And the Hawks and the Falcons. Nothing but that. Trey Young. Ice Trey. What's hot in Atlanta this week? What is hot in Atlanta this week? Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. I don't know why we brought it in that way, Harry, because it doesn't feel like particularly i think evan producer extraordinaire was kind of trolling you on it because we uh wanted to talk a little bit about how our respective teams are doing right now throughout the playoff run yeah, atlanta, atlanta tonight is playing boston for their playoff lives uh the rangers his favorite team lost last night and he's just walked out like he started the segment and then just walked out so we can't even call him out for it so how do you feel about the hawks against the celtics tonight in a winner go home elimination death match well yeah it's gonna be a tough matchup uh it's all, well it already was a tough matchup when you had dejounte murray now dejounte murray is not going to be playing in this game we talk about a guy in this in this series averaging 25.3 points per game Right, seven seven rebounds and just shy under six assists. So his presence is going to be missed because I love him and Trey Young together. Because I always thought, you know, especially the last two years that Trey Young needed another pure score beside him. Well, you have that with uh, Dejounte Murray, and he's not going to be out there on the court. So things just got that much more harder for the Atlanta Hawks. Trey Young's going to have to be phenomenal along with DeAndre Hunter. Uh, Bogey uh, Bogdanovich coming off the bench. He's going to have to be a scorer. These guys can't turn the basketball over. But I think when you look at the Boston Celtics, they have two elite scorers and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And that's kind of been the difference in this series that those guys can get what they want when they want it, whether it's bad defense or great defense. And also, the Hawks have given up some easy, easy baskets to the Boston Celtics in this series. So it's going to be a tough road tonight. But hopefully, my Hawks can pull it out, Fitz, and we have a different conversation tomorrow. You know what? I, I, you know, I'm, I believe in your Hawks tonight. I think. <laughs> oh Lord, I'm just on this. Right no, I just, like I don't. I really think that the Celtics are going to beat them. But I want to give you some love, buddy, because like we're friends. So like, okay, let me ask you this. All right, mm-hmm. we have three games that are elimination games tonight. Boston is up three three games to one against Atlanta, right? Mm-hmm. Denver is up three games to one against Minnesota. And Phoenix is up three games to one against the Clippers. Tomorrow, do you think any of those series are still going on? Do they all clinch out? Like, does Boston beat Atlanta, Denver beat Minnesota, and Phoenix beat the Clippers? I think if it's one game that, you know, the, the team that has one win uh, – 
can accomplish uh, and have a win tonight, I think it's going to be Minnesota. Uh, Anthony Edwards, Edwards gave a heroic effort the other night um, and, and lead his, the, the, the Timberwolves to a victory. Uh, but in actual reality, I, they all might be over after tonight. Yeah, I feel like each of them is just sort of running. It's amazing because as good as most of these playoff series have been, these particular games have not been good, right? Like these series, I should say, have not been well, good. Well, what I don't understand about the scheduling, like whoever did the schedule did a, have, done, have done a horrible job because you have these three games tonight. But then t- tomorrow night on Wednesday, you have the Knicks Cavaliers. You also have the Lakers and Grizzlies. Then you have the Heat, the Bucks, and then you have the Warriors and Kings. Oh, we are stacked. Like who? Night. Who? Who made the schedule? Uh, uh, the NBA. Uh, that's the official answer on that. The NBA made the schedule. Uh, which, uh, by the way, uh, also crazy when you match- mention who made the schedule of those matchups tomorrow night. This is just another weirdism with this year's playoff schedule sure the lakers grizzly game is uh, on tnt and the golden state sacramento games on tnt but the other two games are on nba tv so hard to find those playoff games uh evan has returned to the room evan your rangers lost uh yesterday you were in panic mode how are we feeling now for the rangers uh, after their loss yesterday yeah i'm more disappointed been no. mad. Uh, I'm not happy with the way they showed up. Uh, their coach said afterwards that they didn't show up. Uh, it was awful. They, from the start, played tight, and they played nervous, <laughs> and uh, I think that's why it led to the loss. Like, they had no offense for two periods. They Finally, they tied the game at one early in the third, and, like, literally less than two minutes later, the Devils took the lead, and, and that was all she wrote. So Okay, do you think they're going to advance? Yeah, so I still do. I still think they're the better team, and they they haven't all season been a good home team. So, like, this could easily go seven where every road team wins the game. That seems to just happen in the NHL. So I'm still optimistic, but I don't like what I saw last night. I need y'all to win because I need a Rangers and Bruins Eastern Conference Finals. You just worry about your own team? I would just like to point out to both of you, did the Vegas Golden Knights won last night, so they are now up three <laughs> games to one over Winnipeg. I'm just sitting over here. I'm like I'm like Vegas, just sitting over here, you know, all tatted out from my Vegas teams. And just telling you, you could come aboard. We could go to a Golden Knights game. We could get us some sweet tickets, not sweets because those are probably expensive. But I could get us some really sweet tickets, Harry. Like you could have you could have a West Coast side piece. Sounds good to me, man. Uh, is it Evan? I'm all good for the sweets. Evan, you you in for a little West Coast side piece, a little, little, little side action on the uh, little side action on Vegas? I'm not in on the West Coast side piece, just in case my wife's listening. Okay, perfect. Uh, that is the level of. <laughs> uh, we didn't mean literally, yeah. Evan. <laughs> I don't know how she's gonna take it. Well, I know this. <laughs> I mean, all the side pieces will be meeting Candy and Carlin. They're up next. Thanks for hanging out with Fitz and Harry on side ESPN piece Radio Tuesday. And we'll be back tomorrow unless we're fired. Listening to the Fitz and Harry podcast. You can listen to the guys live weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And you can watch on the ESPN app.